3: Daily face
1: Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Biebs-Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 7, Episode 27 of the Daily Face-Off Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan, with me, as always, we got the boys. Dylan D. Berthium to my right, Michael Biebs, Bondi to my left. How's it going, gents?
0: Doing good. Uh, finally got to go back to an NHL game last week. Brock got to watch my Colorado Avalanche. Absolutely slap. Your Red Wings around is nice to go. Um, good to have that live atmosphere again and you know, see the boys get a dub. That was sweet. But Nate McKinnon, morning before, they're like, we got a big heavy stretch coming up. We're going to sit him. So you know what? I got to watch Alex Newhook do the Nate McKinnon role. But it was good. I'm doing good. D, how are you doing?
2: Can't complain. Yeah. Um, A little bit tired. We're doing this on a Monday. A yeah. little bit drained. It was a long day, but. You know, nice to look forward to the pod.
0: You guys get Drain D. He he's he's giving it all for I'm, the I'm listeners. Here. Yeah,
2: I'm here. Um, but no, it was good. I mean, also watched my team not in person. Mollywop the Red Wings. I don't know if you can call it Mollywop when you give up seven goals, yeah. but scored ten. What so. a
1: game! It feels like it feels like a Mollywop. Yeah. Give at one point, goals, it was, I don't even know how to. Did
2: not feel like a Mollywop when it was seven six. To say it was eight, seven, seven
1: two at
0: one point, that was a Mollywop, and then seven six wasn't whopping, and then. Ten seven, is. kind of a well,
1: it was a tough, yeah, it was came a back tough week uh for the Red Wings. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Being a Mitch Marner owner was beautiful though in fantasy hockey. Um because a six point night with four goals really swings your matchup quite hard. Uh, Most
1: underrated superstar of all time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was stacking him and bunting in a league, and I just like was sitting there just watching the goals go. Um it was it was a nice night. Good Saturday. Underrated superstar.
2: Back? That's a bit of an oxymoron. Right? Bunting? You can't really no. I just say you can't really be a superstar and be underrated.
0: Right? Yeah. Yeah. I released a thing today and said that Marner was one of the most underrated players. And it's like, I don't think any player. Underrated Tro- superstars. superstars. I don't, yeah. Certainly doesn't make any sense. I don't I think any dumb. player in Toronto really is underrated either. It's not really. They kind of all get. I absolutely. just don't know how, like, Marner goes from, like, being. Uh, yeah. You're overrated. Rated. And then, like, now he's underrated. Yeah. Also, yeah. 11 million, so you can't control. really. Like, if you make yeah. more than 10 million, you can't be, even be rated. Like, you're just. You're, you know where you're at. Like, there was, yeah, like,. They I got you. There was yeah. probably,
2: like half a year where zach hyman was a little bit underrated and yeah. got more flack than he should and then it just went totally like now he's over a complete other he, way yeah exactly and then he got five but like the
0: there's year. players out in florida there's players out in la that no one's talking about but no mitch marner well the guy we talk about we break down every shift yeah
2: i'd say huberto is probably a much yeah
0: much that's what i was just gonna say that. too. Oh, that's a solid that conversation yeah, absolutely
1: you know Beavis, i honestly didn't think about that uh Eleven million dollars, but he's underrated. Underrated though, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: super ridiculous, super underrated. Biggest contract in the
1: league. So. Oh, that's too funny. I actually, I never even thought about the actual contract <laughs> that he's getting. But uh, anyways, hometown an, discount in perspective, you know, yeah, hometown <laughs> discount. Um, okay, so the point of today's episode is not to talk about that. Yeah, bad form, calls, bad calls. Um, and, uh, but are we going in, back
0: to the Troy Terry uh, for MVP? No, Call we're not doing no, that either. No. All
1: right. Um, what we're gonna talk about again? is basically just the fantasy hockey trade deadline. That's really what's coming up here quickly. It's 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 on everybody's mind for players, owners, who are still actually paying attention to their fantasy hockey team, which yeah. I assume if you're tuning into this podcast, you are in that group. Yeah. Uh, which means, you know, you've definitely got a fighting chance at, you know, making the playoffs or you've basically already locked up a yeah, playoff you spot. You might have
0: saw that star this week. I know some people woke up this morning, uh, myself included, saw the star. You know, gave myself a high five in the mirror and then realized it's just fantasy hockey. But it's a good feeling. So if you're listening to the podcast, you probably have that star next to your team. Um, or you're, you're going to see it next week. That's always a nice little, whew, we made it, baby.
1: So what we're going to do is uh, is preview the, the the weeks to come. So basically try to give you guys... So last week we talked about players that you could probably buy low, players you could pick up, players that you could just trade for that are probably going to break out soon. Um. This week, more so, just based on numbers, based on the games played leading up to the playoffs. So, if you're a fringe team getting those extra couple games and maximizing your playoff or uh, your games played leading up to the playoffs, could be the key, could be the difference maker um, to making the playoffs. So, we actually released this article on DailyFaceoff.com last week, uh, breaking down what whether or not your uh, playoffs started week 23 or 24, I believe. Yahoo Standard is 24. So we're going to mm-hmm. focus on Yahoo Standard League's uh, week's 24 uh, playoff start and just talk about some of the teams with, with the most games in those com- those weeks leading up and teams with the least and, and maybe some players that you, you'd want to trade off or acquire. And if fantasy owners in your league are not aware of this, then pulling off trades where you could end up getting four or five extra games down the stretch... Could really be beneficial um, to you, and I would imagine that most of these owners are not taking, uh, are are not watching this closely. So this is a real opportunity to um, to take advantage of the other owners. We're not going to focus so much on the playoff schedule itself because the disparity between the top and the bottom is pretty narrow. Um, I will say that the top teams, there's about uh, eleven of them. They play fourteen games. Then there's a pretty good collection that play thirteen, and another. Large handful uh, that play twelve. There's only three teams that play eleven. So I guess um, the you know the, the Ducks and the Kings and the Golden Knights are are probably ones that you'd want to avoid if you are a team that is locked into the playoffs right now. But The Golden Knights and the Kings play some of the most games leading up to the playoffs. So if you're a fringe team, you just need to get in and make some magic happen in the playoffs. So, you know, maybe targeting those Golden Knights, targeting those Kings now. You might be screwed once you get in. Yeah, once you get in. But hey, you never know. The playoffs, crazy things can happen. So
0: we were talking before the show too. Um, When you're looking at this, it's across a three and a half week span. So the difference of three games from, you know, Vegas to say Boston at 14 might
1: already be eliminated. Yeah,
0: it really isn't that much so. Um, so, you know, you'd almost rather would make that push to get in. So that's definitely, um, you know, that's that's how you make your money. And, um, and, yeah, so when you are looking at this, you know, take into account it is across a three-and-a-half-week span. Um, I believe we did tweet it last week, correct?
1: Yeah, and this is—so right now, this is week 19. So we're already starting with this week. But from <laughs> week 19 to week 23— Um, So then you've got your playoffs starting week 24. The league leaders in games played between this Monday and the end of week 23 are the New York Islanders with 19 games played. So we're going to start there. Um, Not really the best place to start because, one, the Islanders certainly don't score a lot of goals. And two, their goals seem to be spread out across a pretty deep albeit not that great of a roster. So it's kind of hard. It's not a very concentrated offense, so it's a little bit more difficult to target specific players and say, you know, this guy's really going to lead me to the fantasy playoffs. But... If there is one player, obviously, that stands out kind of above the rest, it would most likely be Matt Barzell at 78% owned. Barzell has sort of turned things around um, in the last you know month or so. Um, so Barzell is definitely somebody that, you know, playing the most games down the stretch here... Um, he could be somebody worth targeting in trades. Like I said, he has picked it up a little bit, so his trade value has um, come back a little bit because it it was certainly way, way down. Oh, yeah. But uh, since January 18th, he has 15 points in his last 17 games. So playing pretty well. Yeah. Um, Quick shout-out to Noah Dobson as well. Probably a
0: guy that you can get off waivers, but is now 47% owned. This guy was nearly a point-per-game pace, and we talked about it or point Brian pace in his last 10, sorry. But we talked about it a few shows back as someone to grab with huge upside. And, uh, you know, if you're filling your top with Barzell, you need a D man to fill. Um, Noah Dobson's probably the guy that I'm going at on this squad. I think he's, he's a sneaky, sneaky... Uh, D-Man there, only playing 21 minutes of ice, so they start giving him two, three more minutes. They've got a pretty
1: balanced blue line yeah. there, so his... He probably his... won't
0: eat more, but... But he's always going to be on that top yeah, power. That's what game. I mean. Yeah, and if he eats any more, say, say someone goes down and he has to start playing 23, 24 minutes, it's only going to get better. Um, Noah Dobson, a goal-scoring D-Man too, which is nice. Nine goals, 17 assists on the year. 118 shots, definitely someone you could He might could be the best
1: defenseman that we're going to talk about that you have like a pretty good chance of acquiring. Acquiring a defenseman really isn't something that's maybe going to push your team over the top, but if you are in Help. dire need, maybe you just lost Tony D'Angelo and you need a defenseman, Dobson could certainly be somebody that helps out.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think he's a solid um, solid asset. I don't know how much I'd be willing to move yeah, for him. not a ton, yeah. Obviously, to I think to you, me and, and you guys too, he's obviously probably like a third or fourth um fantasy defenseman i like barzal um a lot obviously i think you know this is a pretty one horse team in, in terms of uh fantasy value he's really the only guy that you would want to start uh, night in night out 37 points in 45 games very honest uh total too. his career and on ice shooting percentage both uh are for this season right up, right at 10 percent. so right in line with those career numbers. So uh, yeah, I think this is pretty much the floor of what you can expect from Barzal. So, and certainly, like you said, he's been heating up as of late. So if he does uh, get on a bit of a roll uh, and maybe enjoys a, a little bit more puck luck, uh, we've certainly you know seen what he can offer in terms of the top end of his value. Other than that, I think you're looking at streaming targets. I think Dobson, if he's available on the wire, is a good add because he's still only owned in, in 47% of leagues. Uh, but otherwise, like I said, it's going to be a lot of either streaming targets for the next few weeks. Brock Nelson at 20%. Uh, my boy Kyle Palmieri yeah Palmieri Anders Lee uh, 28% uh,
1: Oliver Wallstrom can get hot at times he's had a pretty decent year 13 goals on the season I think yeah
2: Palmieri's all the way down at 5% so he'll be uh, available you know ready and or
1: often and and frequently but um,
2: and then I think, you know, still Bailey is worth a shout as well. He's been healthy for
1: the last two games, though. So. That he's not, <laughs> Maybe <yeah>. not. Wins <laughs> though, so that's I was going to cool. say,
2: when he's in there, he's still averaging about yeah, 17 he... minutes a night and, you know, still a decent bet to get you an assist on any given night, but obviously... <laughs> not if, a goal. Got to be, in, right? gotta gotta be in, in the lineup. Goal. Yeah, he does have to be in the lineup. Um, That'll work. How many... I was try, I was just about to try to look for it, Brock, but how many, do you know how many back-to-backs they have in this span? Because Varlamov has barely been getting a sniff lately. Uh, you got to think 19 be. games in about a, a three- or four-week span. Probably gonna get some playing time yeah gonna open up some starts for him whether or not there's back to backs there i really like Sorokin though like yeah. no, oh, yeah, yeah. i know we're obviously a bit late on this one another but, shutout this weekend or not that we're late on it we talked about him already this year but uh yeah like to me he's showing no signs of slowing down i do think varlamov gets more works just because of the workload that they've got coming up uh but i think Sorokin's a good guy to, to go after right now if uh if you can because i was looking in a couple of my leagues too and he's the teams that have Sorokin, he's usually like their second or third goalie. So uh, you might be able to get someone who's a, a little bit flexible with him and, and willing to part and maybe looking at it as a possible sell-high situation. Because, uh, you know, it's certainly, I mean, all it takes is a, a three or four, you know, uh, poor game stretch from him uh, for Varlamov to kind of creep back into this situation. But really don't see that happening. That Like I said, that's kind of what you can try to talk up to them as you push that trade through. Uh, I think he's a great target um also varlamov's down to like 60
1: percent though so if you do see him get well, he dropped, was, yeah he missed some time there with covid and then he yeah. just first came back just this got has got to be up. like
0: the least owned fantasy team in all all the league right Absolutely. like, like, Arizona. like your, your
1: top forward 78 arizona's gotta yeah. be way oh way that's
0: forward. true i was well what's the name clayton keller but i think he's 52 yeah. um but clayton keller's probably having a better year even but though like Barzell. you don't want to be
1: lumped into the same group as them yeah. um just he, to answer your question 54
2: be... chitrin 50 keller <laughs>
0: Um,
1: three back-to-backs over that span. So, I mean, that could be 16 starts for, for Ilya Sorokin. I, 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 I think that's starts. pretty unlikely just yeah. because yeah. of Barry Trotz has like 14, not maybe. always been, you know, re- he's been a guy that likes to roll too. But if Varlamov continues to struggle, um, he hasn't really been great all year. And uh, Sorokin's played very, very well lately. So if, yes. if they want to try to get back into you know the picture at all here, um, you know Sorokin's going to have to play well down the stretch. And like I said, just three back to back. So yeah, he, yeah, he's definitely somebody that you know you're going to have to pay a pretty penny for, but certainly could somebody that it. could yeah, be could steal you weeks. Know, d- definitely worth it down yeah. the exactly. stretch here and, as
2: well. Uh, you know, we've talked about a lot of really good sell high targets the last few weeks, and I think you could probably uh, push a number of those through for a goaltender like Sorokin um and yeah Varlamov to me is just a little bit interesting if that uh ownership continues to drop because you know the more starts that Sorokin gets now that Varlamov's healthy the more that ownership percentage is going to drop uh and if he does become available and and you're in need of help and you have the spot I'd probably be willing to pick him up just because uh he's probably going to be a decent spot start whenever he gets in there and he might see as we said uh you know more than his fair share than what he's seen to this point
1: wonder if you could maybe move like Billy Huso. That's what I was just about to say. Billy Huso and yeah. something. You know what I mean? Just because it looks like Billy right back Ville, playing well.
0: Billy is like. Enough, probably you just say, "Hey, look, he's got ten uh, wins in I a think, row." I would imagine that.
1: I would imagine the Owners it. would probably be a little bit sharper than that, but you, you still might be able. to Billy huso win just a, a a little filler in there. Um, another guy that's kind of worth mentioning, just because we're looking at the number of games here, maybe like a Tristan Jari. Jari, the Penguins only have fifteen games um, leading up to the playoffs versus nineteen for the Islanders, so that could be a, you know an extra couple of starts in there for Sorokin. Yep. Um, you know, the Penguins do like to go to. Uh, Casey Smith, not you know, very regularly, but he gets probably yeah, one start yeah. a week, and he you got- could
2: probably get Sorokin plus for Yari, right? Probably a mm-hmm. nice little sweetener in there as well. I was gonna think too. You got
0: to consider who's fighting for playoff spots at that point. Pittsburgh likely gonna be pretty much in, so Casey Smith should just get rolled, kind of like they, they might be fighting for you know points here and there. But I think that the Islanders are gonna be a lot more determined to get, steal those points. That's where I think Sorokin's gonna gonna have to. They need him a bit more. But yeah, no, Sorokin yeah, sure. I think is a, is a great great target he's hilariously the only guy on that team that i would want to own
2: yeah i think like i said i think barzell is a a solid bet too but the problem with barzell is you know he carried like he just kind of exploded onto the scene in both in fantasy hockey and in the nhl that i feel like especially over the the last few years yeah that that name value kind of outweighs what he's actually given you to a certain degree but that has swung back around a bit i think it's better than it has been like i said the last few years because uh yeah I, I still think he's a hell of a player like if you could get on a better team you'd really see watch. his production kind of explode or at least get back to where he was at those first couple of seasons uh but yeah to me like like i said it's a super legit 37 points in 45 games playing on that new york islander team uh and we just talked about you know the lack of legit surrounding options so i still think he's a hell of a player but yeah obviously not the uh, ideal situation to produce
0: crazy in the last 30 days, Dobson leads that team with 11 points, Barzell 10, and then it's just it's a drop-off, but that's just a hilarious one too.
1: A real ugly list. Um, Just uh, quickly, the Penguins actually only have two back-to-backs over that stretch, so Jari could see plenty of starts over that time. Could be up there around 13, but still, that could be three extra starts potentially for Sorokin over yeah. somebody like Jari. Um, Again, um nick zeman he is somebody writing fantasy for us now at daily Faceoff. he was the one that actually tackled this article for us and one of his trade proposals for matt barzell was tomash hurdle straight up for uh, matt barzell hurdle just 15 mm-hmm. games moving forward uh down this stretch versus 19 for barzell so four games difference if you're lo- if your league isn't paying attention that could be a huge difference if you take a look at the two of their numbers virtually identical on the season so if it's uh if if you're making that box score move it's going to look good to the team that you're offering it to in fact hurdles goal production is a little bit better but overall the rest of their numbers are nearly identical and you, you you're guaranteed so long as they're both healthy four extra games for matt barzell down the stretch so uh pretty interesting trade uh proposal there but many other teams to get here get to here so this one's the next two are very interesting playing 18 games from week 19 through 23 are the vegas golden knights and the la kings the problem is once you get into the playoffs as i mentioned just 11 games for each of them so if it's just a matter of getting in targeting the golden knights and kings looks like a pretty viable solution to help your roster in the short term uh looking at the vegas golden knights you know obviously there's players like jack Ico who has not really gotten off to the best of starts in Vegas. It's been pretty solid, but it's not been anything um, out of this world. Chandler Stevenson still up on that top line with him. Those would most likely be the two primary candidates because Max Pacioretty is out. Um, he's definitely not going to play Tuesday. But then Pete DeBoer also with a bit of an ominous report saying he's not going to be back, I think it was, anytime soon. or he's No, he's not close to a return or something like that like not it didn't game. sound like he was gonna miss like fucking four weeks or five months yeah, but he's not but he's, it's is. not like maybe this week so it's like he would be obviously another guy who's been he's been ice cold um and if they were a team that was playing a bunch of games in the playoffs i'd be like fucking patch ready is the go-to if you are locked into a playoff spot right now but their schedule in the playoffs isn't looking very good and patch ready is a little bit uncertain right now so to me it's a lot of uh Probably a lot of Jack Eichel. You know, maybe of the Misfit line. Probably Marcia so would be as far into the Misfit line as I'd be willing to go. And then Stevenson, yeah. um, as long as he's with Eichel, looks like a pretty decent candidate. Stevenson's still only 55% on too. Really not much production
0: out of this team in the last 30 days. Top scorer with six points in They last... haven't been scoring it's at all. Just, it, 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 it's tough times in Vegas. Um, I do like the, the Stevenson grab. But otherwise, yeah, you kind of just got to... Not to pump Daily Face off, but you just got to kind of see what's going on on the top there. Not to pump Daily Face off.
1: That's what we're fucking here for. Well,
0: you know, not to pump it more than I already do because, fuck yeah, Daily Face off to the moon. But, um, yeah, you know, you got to check out the lines, especially with a team like this and especially with a superstar like Jack Eichel. um, Having someone paired with them, we used to talk about it in Buffalo, can make all the difference. Uh, Chandler Stevenson, though, that's a guy where he's getting 20 minutes of ice. So I I want that in my lineup pretty much right now um, in any 12-team league on – Um, otherwise though, you know, like you said, maybe target an injured guy if you are already in the playoffs, but yeah, I don't know.
1: In their last six games, zero, zero, three, four, one, two goals for darn hate to see it. Anything to add on Eichel or Stevenson there, D?
2: Um, no, I would say like, I would probably, you know, obviously these sort of trades and, you know, we're talking, the angle we're talking about here in terms of, you know, guys that have, either a lot or not that many games going into and then in the playoffs, it super depends on where you're at in your league and, and your situation. Right. But I think if, if you have a spot like pretty much locked up in probably about a week's time or even two weeks time, I'd be looking to move Eichel or Stevenson. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. yep. Cause eight of those 19 games come in the next uh, two weeks. So by March 13th, they're going to play eight more games yeah. Uh, and, you know, if Jack, like, gets it all hot or even is just anywhere near a point per game, you could probably leverage him as, you know, pretty close to a point-per-game player in a trade. Yeah. You're getting uh, Jack Eichel. Yeah, exactly, right? And maybe you don't even need those last couple of weeks for the regular season to solidify your playoff spot or move up, whatever it may be, uh, and you can look at gearing up as someone who's going to be playing those full 14 games come playoff time and, you know, someone you can rely on maybe even a little bit more to be near that point-per-game pace. So that's probably where I'm at with the Golden Knights, Um, you know, I think there's still some decent value to be found there on the wire in terms of streaming targets in the next two weeks. Like I said, four games each week, uh, certainly going to be a lot of decent streams out there. Uh, but yeah, otherwise I think I would probably, uh, you know, reap the benefits for the next two fantasy weeks. Uh, and then I'd, uh, be looking to, to move on and maybe, uh, potentially sell high if your trade deadline hasn't passed yet on the likes of, uh, Eichel and, and probably Stevenson as well.
1: For the Kings, um, again, they're a team that plays a bunch of games leading up to the playoffs, not so much in the playoffs. But if you're just trying to get in, a lot of the value from the Kings is mostly going to be found on the waiver wire as opposed to making trades. Again, Adrian Kempe has had a terrific season. 54% owned. Victor Arvidsson, we talked about him a bunch last week. His own percentage climbed about five percentage points to 50. Uh, filled the note, is, continues to have a, a strong season. The offensive numbers aren't always that outstanding, but. Um, they're 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 strong enough. He's got 30 points on the campaign. Uh, I have followed still playing plenty of minutes up top with with Kopitar. He's at 21 percent owned. My boy Trevor Moore at 12 percent owned. Hmm. Um, so th- most of the guys that you're going to be looking for there are going to be found on the wire in- unless you're really interested in making a trade for Anze Kopitar, um, which again uh, maybe it's a keeper league and you're you know you're just trying to get that chip this year. Anze Kopitar might be somebody that would be easy to acquire in like a keeper league style. But outside of that, I think that it's going to be difficult to acquire Kopitar for anything close to like reasonable value. Yeah. Like, I don't know what I'd be really willing up to, to give up to of assists too. the production is solid. It's just not like, it's not like, you know, something that's going to just completely carry you to the, to the championship type of, or to the playoffs, even by that, you know, to me, I would just, if, if you're just looking to get these games in your lineup, um, You can pretty easily do that on the waiver wire. Do you guys have anything else to add on the on the Kings? No. How about almost lock thirty goal man, Adrian Kempe?
0: That's crazy. He's at twenty five right now. The guy has six goals in his last five games. I'm not going super crazy over him, but you know he's playing eighteen plus minutes a night. Fifty four. So important on their power play too. Yeah, it's just someone I think that you if you can get him still in your leagues, it's definitely worth a peek. Um, Or someone if you can move a bottom of your roster guy for him. We all know how valuable goals are. And uh, and for a guy to be you know a thirty tuck guy that's that's fantasy relevant in my opinion so for sure um, I like having that at the bottom of my roster only eleven assists but I don't give a shit I I have Jesper Bratt to fill my assist categories so you know Um, I like like ever good at that oh is he ever but yeah and then also Brock your boy Victor Arvidsson. Worth a peek. I noticed that he started flying up in ohm percentage since our episode last week. Um, got to be just all us. It's got to be all us. But yeah, no, he, he. We don't. We talked about it last week. He's showing all the right signs, and
1: uh, and he did it yet again last week with a with a great one. Yeah. Victor Arvidsson is like that poor man's Timo Meyer. I uh, seriously.
2: I'm gonna double down on Trevor Moore. Trevor Moore for you here, Brock. I'm cool with that. I'm cool uh, with it. Twelve percent. Like yeah. that's crazy. He's D, got, D,
0: D picked him up today. So. Well, he. I.
2: I today? was just gonna say. I mean. This, yeah, uh, this episode dropped. obviously isn't going to come out till Tuesday, so you're missing out on one of the Kings' games this week. Uh, but I think he is just like, in terms of you know, uh, relative to their ownership, be way more than. I, I think he's hands down the best streamer of the week at just 12% owns. He's pretty much going to be available in every you know standard format league out there. Uh, December 19th, 2021 was the first time, uh, potentially in his career, but the first time this season that Trevor Moore played over 17 minutes a night, and it's been a trend that we've kind of seen him. Repeat and get closer to over and over again. Since that date, he's got 24 points and 24 games. Ooh, Trevor. Um, and yeah, I think Brock talked about That's him. So probably crazy about you guys fucking January laughed 1. in my face. You laughed. I, I in, did not laugh. Face. In your feet did. Feet. I laughed. In he laughed. Right in my I, face. Oh, and
0: I still will stick to it.
2: I said he's still this on hot is stretch. this is pretty outrageous. Yeah. No, D definitely and I by said, Trev. But I said everything about this so far in this small sample looks legit, and we've never seen him get this sort of opportunity before. And you just never know when I guys still stand haven't got that look before. So yeah, I don't think got going to be amazing i'll probably drop him after this week there's a good chance but if he gets hot or if he stays hot uh then who knows i might just find a a place on the roster for him because yeah everything just about his production over those 24 games looks really really legit obviously that second line just gets shots for fun uh and he's a big part of that so yeah especially this week because not only is it four games but it's monday wednesday friday sunday so it just doesn't get any better than that dual wing eligible available in 88 percent of leagues still so yeah, grab him this week, and he could probably help you make that playoff run the next few weeks if you need to. Uh, and then certainly, you know, when push comes to cu- when push comes to shove, you can kind of cut him loose come playoff time when their schedule is going to wind down a little bit. But yeah, I think he's going to be a big help over the next few weeks. He's fallen Quote. into our
0: classic, like, under own category this year. You know, like, like not to bring up Jasper Brown. Yeah, Brown. Yeah, We Brown. I think Trevor Moore is right there. Um, you know, Matt been, Boldy. Matt, yeah. Oh, Matt Boldy, absolutely. There's been so many of these guys here. where it's almost like yeah. people aren't looking at the latest stats. Like you said, 24 points in 24 games. There's yes, so many guys yes, percentage Every single time I see it gets off. lower. It, it keeps, keeps dropping. Sense I me. was looking the other day. It dropped 2%. I'm like, what has he done to earn 2% drop <laughs> other than seven points in three games or whatever it is? Um, I don't know. If, I think people are just scared of the devils. But yeah, no, it, it, it's kind of fun in a way because we would prefer that. We don't want you know, these obvious guys here. So if we could tell you about a 12% guy putting up a point per game, I mean, it makes us look a lot lot better. Your quote was...
1: It's just a heater, flash in the pan heater. I'm sticking and by it, just, it. It's still a it's heater. It's been two months. It's been two months. Um, yeah. I think Cal Peterson's probably worth a little bit of a shout as well. He's 9-2 and two in his last 11. I was going to yeah. say that Cal always gets hot at the that end. That team of the is
2: series. on such a low-key heater right now. though. Well, they've won five in a row, so it's not that low-key. They've been great.
0: Points, and I think— <laughs> A
1: Marner-like heater?
2: Yeah, I think it's points and uh, 11 of the last 12 or something ridiculous like They're that. They're
1: super good, man. Yeah. Yeah, they just play good hockey. People are sleeping on him. That, that to no addition was people the, most are important, literally sleeping the most important signing of the offseason, and it's not even close. Mm-hmm. They, He has completely transformed that yeah. team exactly the way we expected him to. How many Come people shit him? on that deal? We didn't think it, it would
2: matter, though, to be fair. Played, like we were he, like, this line's going to be really good and really hard to play against. It's probably going to free up Kovatar. They'll probably still miss the playoffs. But we were wrong in that last part.
1: He is um, every well, maybe, night going up against the opposition's yeah, top it's the line.
2: Craziest thing. Are they on the bubble?
1: Yeah. yeah. Crazy no, they're going to be in, though.
2: Well, five-game heater, that'll yeah. help yeah, get you
0: there. It's wild that Quentin Byfield, like, is, you know, you invest a second overall pick, like, two years ago. Like, he should be fully in on the team doing stuff, you know, almost at a Jack Hughes-like they're level. He's second in the Pacific right now. And though. he's doing laugh. nothing. And Well, uh, in terms of own per- or points percentage second, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, they should have, you know, like like an absolute superstar there, and he's doing nothing, so that guy's got to step in. I think a little, little bit of that's um, it's been injuries. a little bit injury-related, But yeah. at the same time, like imagine they had Jack Hughes in there right now, like... like
1: oh yeah well Jesus Christ it, it would be, be something it'd I... be
0: awesome um, but yeah no it's it, it'll happen and, and he does look good not not to shit Ooh. on him but just it's just kind of like a, a wow Ooh. almost a testament to how they're doing that you got a second overall pick that has done Jack all for you and you're still in a playoff spot That was like a
1: little cherry on top of the Jack eh yeah just not double down it, the yeah. jack. big um, Jack Hughes guy move, moving on here uh, also with 18 games leading off to the playoffs is the Minnesota Wild um, Boldy alert Boldy. yeah so like I don't know like do we talk about Matt Boldy for the 19th straight episode because like I'll just just keep shouting his name from should. the rooftops until people pick this man up at the moment 33 percent own um all he's done just eight goals and 10 assists in like his first 10 hockey games in the nhl i think it's 18 i think he's a point per uh, game yeah i sorry i just had to be a little bit over exaggerated like there it. but uh yeah 18 he, and 19 18 points in 19 games 52 shots on goal over that span he's playing almost 17 sorry 16 and a half minutes a night uh, so yeah, Matt is still thirty-three percent owned. I mean, there's not much more that needs to be said. We're just gonna keep beating that drum. Something
0: um, I, I gotta say something here. How is how does Matt Zuccarello on the exact same team as Kevin Fiala have a lower er, a lower own percentage? And Zuccarello has fifty-two points in forty-one games. Fiala's still having a, you know a good year, but how does a guy on the exact same team? Putting up better points have a I lesser own. I think advantage.
1: a lot of it has to do with um, Fiala just being on an absolute like insane yeah. heater. Right but now. so Dude, is
0: Zuccarello. Sit. Like Zuccarello literally had yeah. a stretch where he had five straight games of multi-point games, well, in, and that was last week. Zook's
2: been on just a long climb, right? Yeah. Like he was thirty, forty percent owned when we started talking about. I, him.
0: I just don't get out like he's lower than Fiala. You know, fifty-two points in Fiala forty-one has, games is.
1: Fial has 13 goals,
0: 26 points in his last 21 games, though. Yeah. Oh, Fial is on fire. And I traded yeah. him right when he started to, Ooh, to light to it up. It. Yeah. I,
2: I feel like Zouk probably passes him before the end of the season. He's got, he's got it. I just can't believe he's on, on the, the rise. rise.
1: Okay. So, it's, it's so I think, though, what we're learning maybe um, here is that the fantasy community By and large, doesn't really like or trust Matt Zuccarello maybe as much as they should, given the reliable production that we've seen out of him basically for a year and a half now. Well, just forever, too, with the assists. Yeah, he's somebody that could probably be a pretty easy target right now. Yeah, plays a ton of games moving forward. It's very obvious based on the number of points that he has in the year and still available in 25% of leagues. He's probably not somebody that people fantasy owners would really care that much about parting with and he is just a ridiculously consistent addition to your club with the second most games uh, moving forward and to the little cherry on top here is they are also 14 games in the playoffs as well tied for the most games during the playoffs as well so not just a short-term addition Matt Zuccarello a long-term addition if you can acquire him
2: yeah I I think it's important to say too or at least we should be wouldn't be doing our due diligence if we didn't say he has a 14.7 on ice shooting percentage and it's going to be hard for him to continue maintaining this level of production but he's got 53 points in 43 games right now so that could taper off you know more in line with his career averages uh and he'd still comfortably be above a point per game so uh yeah I feel like we've been talking about him like pretty much every week just because I love him like he's aging like fine wine and like to me like Players or athletes that get better in their thirties is like the most pretty Im- cool. Yeah, it's like the most impressive thing in the world. It's almost to like
0: me, he has so. a Viking Norwegian gene in him. Yeah,
2: exactly. So yeah, he's about eight points away from uh top in his previous career high and he's only played forty three games. So hell of a year for Zuccarello and uh yeah, really well deserved. Um I wouldn't expect that that goal production to continue, so just you know, don't go Crazy for Zuc- uh, Zuccarello, but certainly an assist-heavy point per game guy. That's what I see him as for the rest of the season.
0: I just threw someone Matt Duchesne for Zuccarello in the league. I don't, know, I don't know how I feel about it, but, I, but I'm, I'm feeling good just seeing that schedule. Duchesne, twenty three goals, twenty three assists, um, a little under a point per game at forty six like and forty seven. So I was like, you know what, I want Zooks. And uh, Duchesne, more owned. So that might be something they fall for, Brock. I think that's a great point that, you know, this is a great solo. Someone who most people added this year. So
1: it's not going to, you know, no nothing off their back to, to let him go. So again, uh, looking at the schedule in terms of the teams that don't play very much either. Um, 15 games l- leading up to the playoffs and then only 12 games in the playoffs. That's the Pittsburgh Penguins. You know, what about like a, a Jake Gensel, maybe you have to prop, pr- uh, pop a sweetener in there as well for, like, a Kirill Kaprizov. Like, you might not have to. I mean, amazing. Like I, think, I like, think
2: Kirill Sogo is pretty underappreciated yeah, for just yeah, how I, amazing I agree. he is. Um, and you, I think you could definitely try, like, starting off the talks with Gensel for uh, Kirill straight up and then just go from there. Like you said, I, I'd definitely be willing to throw, like, a bottom-of-the-roster guy or two. Uh, I, I'm never opposed to, you know, giving up a 60-point guy and opening up a streaming spot. So... Uh, yeah, I like that one for sure. And like I said, I don't think you'd necessarily have to give up that much.
1: Just looking at it, like I said, three more games leading up to the playoffs and then two more games in the playoffs. So you're looking at six games difference between Kaprizov and Gensel. When you're well over a point per game like Kaprizov is, those games become even more vital. Moving on, Calgary, another team that plays a bunch of games, 17 leading up to the playoffs, but also tied for the most 14 games during the playoffs. The Flames are a little bit of a difficult team to, to target. You're not really going to get uh, Matthew Kachuk, Johnny Goudreau, or Elias Lindholm from a fantasy owner for anything short of a King's Ransom. Yeah. No, They've all been insane. Although, my dad in one of our leagues, the guy was a Bruins fan, full disclosure. but he And it's redraft. And it's redraft. But he traded... Brad Marshawn for both Kachuk brothers, and I was like, w-?
2: also love that that guy drafted both Kachuk brothers, yeah, yeah. and move. then traded them because for- it could not have
1: been easy to do, and then decided he's going to let him go. He <laughs> would both- have had to reach for. I both couldn't both. believe it. I'm like, well, he just loves Marshawn that much that you just have to. But oh ch- my god, man, your body. Oh, 27 Genos,
0: but like so many tucks <laughs> nine, early, nine assists, yeah. So many early. Times. Sorry,
1: I just I was just
2: looking at uh, their stat lines. Yeah, I think the real lesson here is just like chill on your Calgary assets, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. don't worry about like whether or not these guys are going to slow down. Even if they do, they got the games in the bank to make up for it. So yeah, like I would just just sit pretty if you have Kachuk, Gujo, or Lindholm. Um, maybe look at, at Manjupani. I for me like he's. <laughs> I feel like ours is one of the few leagues where
1: he's still like bouncing off the way. Yeah, of the wire, yeah. Everyone well,
0: he keeps had seven because they see the goals, and then they yeah. have a week where
1: he puts up uh, just a couple donuts. And then so, seventeen there. goals in his first twenty-five games, ten goals in his last twenty-six. Yes.
2: So, for me, I'm still isn't
1: that bad. that's a good return. That's still, not bad at all.
0: Yeah.
2: When there's no assists to go with it, like virtually no assists,
1: six assists in his last twenty-six. Yeah. So he had seventeen yeah. and three in his first twenty-five. Yeah. Honestly, though. So six. to me, like yeah.
2: Manjipani is a guy. If I ever need the game, I'm happy to fit him in. Uh, but I would not hesitate to cut him at a moment's notice. So no. Just no. take I th- that for what it is. Tyler
1: Toffoli still at 53% owned. Blake Coleman always reliable in terms of shot How's volume. Toffoli doing
2: since we talked about him last week? Oh, He we got up to 16 minutes and had two goals yeah, yeah. and assists. Two assist.
1: goals and assists against uh, the Wild.
0: Also that. very surprised Oliver Shillington doesn't have an O next to his name after that play the other night. He was yeah, on the so, ice uh, this morning. All right, that's I think um, mm-hmm. tomorrow's yeah, game. That's great, though.
2: Tomorrow's all. return game against the Wild is going to be really interesting to see uh how much run to fully gets is is it going to be right around that sixteen forty-five, 45 or he's going to get rewarded for that big game he had against the exact same team uh and maybe get pushed up even a, a little bit more so uh yeah i think you know our message for to fully or at least my message last week was to stay a little bit patient and just you know wait and see if he can get a little bit of that ice time back um again probably someone that i wouldn't hesitate to cut still if he's playing 16 17 minutes a night but uh Kind of like Mangiapane, where he's better than your average streaming target if you can ever fit him into your lineup uh, and you're not hurting for the roster spot. I'd make the room at this point. But again, that's obviously super early. It's the first time we've seen him play in anything close to the top six. So uh, like I said, tomorrow's game is going to be really important to see what happens there.
1: Skated on the third line at practice this morning still with Sean Monaghan and Milan Lucic. Uh, But as we mentioned on last week's show, the the, the promotion to the top power play unit was a, a very big development. Um, if were to fool these fantasy values, yeah,
2: so. and certainly that Monahan line taking on a couple extra minutes a game wouldn't be um that far fetched either. No, Monahan that's a great line. Used to play nineteen minutes a night. Yeah, remember? once upon a time, Memba. I don't. <laughs>
1: okay so there's a couple other Peppers, teams really sales. quickly let's get to them here in terms of 17 uh 17 games next week the first being the new jersey devils new jersey devils um home of your boy jesper bratt heard him? our boy the brat pack is in full force here on the daily face off podcast the fact that we did not make brat pack t-shirts makes me very upset but we've never actually made t-shirts we just talk about it um jack hughes somehow just 75 percent owned still he has been on an absolute heater um i think he has four consecutive um including tonight, Monday's game, um, four consecutive multi-point efforts. You've got Jesper Brad up to 58% on, another multi-point effort from him. Igor Sharangovich at 20% has been on an absolute heater. He extended uh, to a seven-game point streak this evening, uh, playing alongside Jack Hughes. Also, triple position eligibility at just 20% owned. Nico Heischer centering the line with Jesper Bratt. He's just center eligible, 30% owned, though. He's been playing well.
0: That's got to bump up big time, I think.
1: Dawson Mercer's playing on that Hughes line. He has at least a goal and an assist tonight. Um, he's only 6%, so there's a ton of streaming options available on this Devils team um, moving forward. The Ottawa Senators are one of the few teams that can be found both in the top end of the uh, leading up to the playoff ranks and also uh, tied for the most games during the playoffs. The problem is not a whole lot there. Um, I think the one thing that I would I, I kind of alluded to a week ago was that I think it would be a good time to look into investing in, in, in some Batherson Drake Batherson or that? Josh Norris stocks, uh, particularly Particularly at this moment in time, if you are a team that is locked into the playoffs or or virtually locked into the playoffs, because as I mentioned, tied for the most amount of games in the postseason with 14. So uh, still fairly widely available for the two of them. You got 62% owned right wing eligible Drake Batherson, 45% owned center eligible Josh Norris. So uh, most likely in your, your standard 12 team leagues, they are owned, but still out, um, You know, probably going to be back relatively soon. But, uh, you know, it's a lot easier to trade for an injured player.
2: Especially if it's someone who needs, you know, to win the next few weeks to keep their fantasy season alive. You know, I think of the right scenario. It's a really easy trade to make. Um, and it's you know an easy asset to kind of steal and pluck from your team because at the end of the day, especially in redraft leagues, like they're just they're just senators at the end of the yeah. day, right? So yeah. Oh, yeah. and they're injured. So yes, they're very yeah. good fantasy assets, and I agree. If you have the room and the assets to move to stash them, uh, really good time to buy in. Yeah. How do we feel about Timmy Stutz in the intern? Uh,
1: he, when he moved up to that top line with Brady Kachuk. Um, He's got four
2: goals in his last six games.
1: Yeah, when he moved up to that top line, it was really good. When he moves back, it's not so much. He is back up there. Um, he teases us. Yeah, why he,
2: would they not just keep him up there, Brock, when Josh Norris is out of the line? Well, because like, I, I think I
1: think it has a little bit to do with, with matchups. The Senators, sometimes. who
2: cares? Yeah. Like he, <laughs> just like, give him the run. They moved yeah. Nick Let's Paul see and what Connor you got in the there. Yeah,
1: like Nick Paul's your center. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, but I do like Tim Stetzel for sure, uh, especially with that left wing eligibility as well. Just 33% owned. Um, he's looked a lot more comfortable this year. Just and, put and Connor on that line if you're
2: that worried about it, right? Yeah. CB23? twenty eight now? Everything
1: everything that they talk about too about Timmy Stutzel is just out you know, they just they glowing reviews about him out of Ottawa and um I, I can't remember who said it one of the members of their coaching staff, I believe, uh last week just said like just just wait in like three to five years, like how good <laughs> like not like like you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, oh, they, no, they I just think, think like he's a gonna a be window. like a legitimate superstar. Yeah. In the kind of like Mika Zibanejad
2: at that age, and then yeah, well, yeah, trade. I think they've they I them.
1: think they've learned their lesson there. Here's yeah, hope, exactly. Well, let's I'm, hope they don't trade su- him for Derek Broussard again. Jesus Christ, what a f- Fucking nightmare. That also he was.
0: hilarious. D's boy C- Cb Connor Brown. There that we're talking about. Have you guys seen this guy's minutes? Since he's played. Yeah. I'm looking
2: here. I think it's about ten straight
0: over- games above twenty. He's averaged over twenty for the season. What a
2: freak! He played twenty
0: five forty one the other night against Washington. Put up a goal in an a. That's why I
2: streamed him the week he I, came back. Yeah, I,
0: who's playing twenty six minutes I, again, against Washington? Again, I think he's
2: just another one of the best streaming targets moving forward. Like he's pretty much been a point per game since he returned from that injury too. Yeah. Um, Brock's about to do the math for me, but...
0: 28 points, though, in 37 games. That's pretty solid. Like, that's that's a bottom-of-the-roster guy for you if you if you need one. 10% owned. He's another one with Trevor Moore. I'd I'd be looking at him.
2: I got nine points in his last 11 games, right?
0: Nice.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, okay let's just really great quickly, stream CB Brown for the next two weeks. I'm just going to mention, um, so the flyers are on among this list with 17 games leading up. Who gives a shit? They're mostly garbage. Farabee is on the top line right yeah. now. though, so Joel Farabee might be one guy worth looking at. Claude so, um, Giroux. Talked Giroux. Well, We Atkinson. talked about Giroux most likely getting traded. Cam Atkinson obviously is, is fine. Um, Shots but I think, lot. I think obviously if you lose, um, you know, if you lose Claude Giroux, Cam Atkinson probably isn't going to be quite as valuable. No. Not playing with Giroux if even he traded, but, uh, but yeah, 56% owned, still available. But in terms of trade targets, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, they also play 17 games. They're also tied for the most games during the playoffs as well. So let's just wrap up today's show talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning and, and maybe some of those players that you would be interested in acquiring from them. Kucherov. Ob- well, yeah, like obviously. Stamkos. <laughs> obviously, would you in that Yeah, maybe Vasilisky. Maybe.
2: Sorry, go ahead
1: flat looks like me.
2: <laughs> I, sorry, I had to jump in there before you set up the obvious caveat that aside from the...
1: Yeah, the and, and maybe if we would have talked about this a little while ago, I would have said Steven Samkos, but he's on an absolute heater of his own right now too. So like obviously when you're trying to acquire any Tampa Bay Lightning, price comes at a premium. But contrary to the... I can't remember who we were talking about. Oh, the Islanders. This is an offense where the goal scoring is, is very concentrated um, um, among their top end superstars. But I think that there's just one guy that I think I'm going to blow you guys away with right now that, that has been just super quietly outstanding as of late. So, is it Corey Perry? Is it Corey Perry? Yeah, it is in his close. last 22 games, Corey Perry has 8 goals, 9 assists for 17 points. What a legend. Just unbelievable. Is shooting 22% over that stretch. But playing then,
2: 14 minutes a night. <laughs> if That's you,
1: take a, like if you take a look at his last 9, he's got 8 points in his last 9, shooting 26%. It's very difficult to sustain that kind of production playing under 14 or around 14 minutes a night. But... You know, when you just take a look at that 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 production, it's just unbelievable. Um, Classic you know, chord, turning Bates. the clock back there, but like just doing that playing thirteen minutes a night with Pat Maroon and Pierre Edward Belmar no, is crazy. a feat in itself. At thirty six. But uh, I guess, like, I don't know. Like, I've never been a big Plot guy. Plot's one guy who has been relatively quiet as of late that you could most likely acquire on the cheap just mm-hmm. to try to provide you with a little extra game boost. is going to see a, a substantial time next to pointing Kucherov. He might just be a guy that, as a playoff team, that you'd want to add relatively cheap. He's more owned than Zuccarello, though. So, like, yeah, <laughs> what? And ah. I, would say, I would say it's because his linemates are better, but he's playing with Kucherov, like, so. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. That, um, uh, so, yeah, it's going to be difficult. And Joel yeah, no, uh, Ryan Hartman. Oh, yeah, yeah, Ryan Hartman, former, all year, former first round pick. Um, Ryan Hartman. But to, it's going to obviously be difficult to acquire players from the Tampa Bay Lightning. All you know, the guys that are are mostly fantasy relevant are full blown superstars. So yeah, uh, teams that play the fewest amount of games leading up to the playoffs these are most likely the teams that you would be looking to potentially move players from uh, Nashville 15 games Washington 15 games the aforementioned Penguins and Sharks at 15 games and then the Seattle Kraken at 14 games the Kraken obviously not a team that has a whole lot of uh, of you know fantasy assets that people are chasing the Sharks you know maybe you move a Brent Burns who's played very very well maybe you move a, a Timo Meyer Tomas Hurtle, we already talked about uh, James Reimer's played great yeah. uh, Alexander Baer Bonoff if you're in the deepest league in the history of fantasy sports, uh, we talked about the Penguins. Obviously, you know, still a ton of value to be had out of guys like Gensel, Crosby, Rust, Malkin. Um, but you know, if you're if you're desperate and you need those extra three to four games that might make the difference, and you're getting fair return for them, you know, they might be guys worth look worth looking at moving. Like we said earlier, if you can, you know, maybe get a Kirill Kaprizov for a Jake Gensel, that's huge. The Washington Capitals just 15 games. You've got Alex Ovechkin, and you know who's you know probably not somebody that you would love to trade but if you can get another superstar in return it just might be worth it anyways you could even get an in the underrated picture. superstar yeah an underrated superstar we talked about Philip Forsberg last week also being a, a good sell high candidate they play 15 games only moving forward so he, he becomes even more viable on I the trade I have tried
2: market. it is not easy to trade Phil Forsberg i right
1: offering me him to me
2: <laughs> at least for people that listen to this podcast
0: and and a co-host who you offer him to <laughs> I've offered show. him to the whole league I was say I love it every, after every show I'm like driving home and I just <laughs> look down I got a Yahoo. From D, it's just like <laughs> Phil, <laughs> Philly. Phil, Forrest Phil, is coming Phil. over. Um, yeah. Hey, you keep shutting it down. I do, Brock. As you know, I thought Oliver Bjorkstrand was going to be better than Philip Forbes this year. Yeah, you here, you're so. just licking your wounds on that one. Yeah, I have them hey, both. Let me tell you, up.
2: he's catching up. Uh, Eight away.
0: Yeah. No, he's not going to get it's it. It's tough. Yeah.
2: It's tough to justify still having him on my roster. Oliver? Yeah. 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 I. Uh, yeah. But and it's a keep. He get picked up right away. It's tough. You know. Hell yeah. Can't trade him for anything. Makes me feel like I also can't drop him, so...
1: D's torn. torn. That is going to do it for this episode of the Daily Face-Off Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Stegan. we got yeah. Dylan D. Bertham, Michael Beams, Bonnie. Uh, the fantasy hockey trade deadline in most leagues is the 9th, yeah. uh, which is next Wednesday. So we'll probably be back again next Monday for another episode. Might settle into this Monday thing a little bit. It is nice to get it out at the start of each week. So we might be back with a little bit more trade talk next Monday, some other, uh, fantasy nuggets as well. And then we will really start to, at that point, look towards the playoffs and, and, and how we can help win you guys a championship. So, uh, again, I'm Broxy again. We got Dylan, Birthday Mike Mike, and be funny. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you back here next week. Can you believe we went a whole
3: episode with no wings. Peace.